0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and
1: Lawson. Lawson.
0: (laughs) How are you this morning, Lawson? Oh, I'm so good. So good? Yeah, Lyle, I'm so good. That's, that's, it. Uh, that's amazing. I had a bowl
1: of cereal yesterday. And you put so good I on it. I put so good on there it. There you go. And Shout you, out.
0: And, and now you've become so
1: good. Yeah. Shout out oat, oat milk. What you oat eat milk's it, really nice. What
0: what you eat is what you are?
1: hundred percent. You are what you eat. That's usually how the expression goes, Lyle. Okay. Yeah. Backwards. No, but I'm great. Lyle, how, how are you doing? What did you get up to yesterday? What's been a blessing for you? What are you grateful for? Uh, So I created
0: space.
1: Okay. Created space and it was a blessing. That's amazing. Yes. Like, that is a very vague term. Like, obviously, there's a ridiculous assumption there is that you literally created a space vacuum inside of somewhere. But I'm.
0: Uh, no, that would be too, taking the assumption a little bit too far. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool if I literally created. Out of space on earth somewhere. No, I created space. Uh, so basically I have a uh, mountain of evangelistic material. Classic. That has been sitting in a shipping container um, in storage on another property and the shipping container needs to be moved. So I created space Mm-hmm. and I moved all of that stuff over to my place, filled the space with that stuff and then had like
1: twice as much space as what I started with. That's the best feeling ever because I just cleaned up. Yeah, yeah. When you just clean and you can just fit all your stuff in one place, and it's amazing, and it's all nice, and, and now I've all got nice. all this extra space, and I'm not sure what to put there.
0: Oh, I just I don't know. Turn it into a. I have a, I have a suspicion that this Something. extra space is not going to last very long. Is it outside or inside? Inside it's in oh. my shed. I've created space in my shed. I oh, created I'm a just... huge amount of space. Get more tools.
1: You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM positively different. Lawson, take us away with some positively different news this morning. Well, actually, I've got some positively different news here, but I just want to make an admission to you cuz this might be positively different to you. Um, you know, we are uh, we when, when, a... when you admit to doing things wrong, that's
0: always positively different to me, <laughs> <then>, Lawson. <laughs> it's not
1: even me doing things wrong. I've just I've just succeeded, and I now agree with you on something that I've previously disagreed with. Oh. Yeah, I am taking you know uh, uh, this won't be fun anymore a, a humble a humble step okay. in, in so the right direction and that is that you're just exuding humility this morning so i live in a house that has very little if not no insulation and yes. it has been extremely cold the last yes. couple of mornings and uh. i have been absolutely Freezing! It has been death. It has literally been the worst thing ever. I'm like, dude. I go to my like my bathroom where the shower is, and I turn the shower on, and I have to like hop from foot to foot because the floor is, is just like so ice. cold. And then when I get into like the shower takes ages to warm up because it's so cold. And then once I get in the shower, it does that thing where it burns your feet because it's like there's such a big contrast between the floor and the shower, and it's the worst. Lyle. I'm I'm not enjoying the cold at all. And you know we've talked previously i'm like no the cold's great and you're like no summer's heaps better and i couldn't you know like i i really couldn't see where you're coming from until now but now now i get it i will say though i like rainy weather you no no you're not a fan of rainy rainy weather weather. um but like you know particularly like you know rain is one of those things that should happen between midnight and
0: four in the morning every day mm -hmm. because we need the rain yeah rain is healthy for the planet but just do it while most people are asleep. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, oh, man, it's just been so cold. I've been hating life. But, you know, what's positively different about that is my, my resilience is uh, being tested yes. and increased. And, I'm, and I'm this is the thing better. that's so
0: miserable. By the end of winter, you get used <laughs> to it. And you just get used to it. And it's like, okay, we can handle this. And then it all disappears. Damn. You know, if... Uh, If it, if it would just stay around, it would be a good thing. Mm hmm.
1: All right. Let's have a look at some positively different news. We'll move on from that conversation. All right. Uh, let's have a look. I, oh yeah. I saw this story this morning. And also, this is, this also has to do with you because I thought you would, you would particularly like this because it's about your favorite animal. Oh, elephants. Yeah, it's about elephants. Bring it on. So, uh essentially, these 35 Asian pachyderm elephants that have been you know, under the care of the Ringley Bros Circus. It's a pretty, like, if an elephant comes to the West, that's usually its fate. It either goes to a zoo. Or a circus. Or it goes to the circus. Better off in a circus than a zoo. You reckon? Yes. Because then they do cool things. That's right.
0: Yeah. And they get to travel around and they, you know, they get some variety in their life.
1: Ooh, there are a lot of people who disagree with you because they'll be like, oh, they abuse animals in the circus. And
0: Nah, th- an animal won't perform unless it's having fun. Oh. oh, big calls here, Lyle. Yeah, I could be wrong on that. Yeah. But, anyway, <laughs> um, but I do know that, that is the case with dogs. You, know, you train dogs oh, yeah, to yeah, do 100%. something mm. and they will only do that thing if they think it's a game. You know, mm. dogs that, you know, you're drug-sniffing dogs and all that kind of thing. They just assume it's a game. They don't realise there's anything serious involved in it. For mm. them, it's just a game. It's like, oh, I get to play that favourite game. Well, you know, And that's how uh, you get animals to perform. Yeah. Well, these animals have stopped playing games. Zoos hey. make me just sad. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Zoos is, uh, why would I want to go to Long Bay Prison, you know?
2: Yeah. Well... Oh.
1: <laughs> that's, what, that's what zoos are like yeah. to me. It's just like all kinds of animals in cages. Yeah, that's actually true. It can be kind of unfortunate. And that's where these, these. 35 elements have broke them all the mold while they've gone from being in the circus mm-hmm. to now they're in a wildlife reserve in Florida where they have acres upon acres to run around in, water holes, you know, trees and shade to see. That's to epic. go under. They're just living their best life. I I'm would, like, I would enjoy that. I would love to have like 300 acres and have
0: a couple of pet elephants, dude, Asian oh, elephants. It oh, would, would be, be the best.
1: Amazing. These guys essentially, like I look at them, I'm like, they're like sports stars. Like they're like famous sports stars. You know, they've lived their life of training and hard work and now they've retired into luxury. Imagine going to visit somebody and, you know, rather than seeing a few cows in their paddock, an elephant just comes walking up. Wouldn't that just be amazing? Yeah. And elephants are so nice too. They are. Because they're like sentient and stuff and they can think and they would come like up to super you. Super intelligent. Yeah. And that would be your friend. And you could probably ride them around and stuff. oh, well, I've ridden an elephant before, like in Bali, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, dude, these elephants having an epic time. It's They're on a 2,500 acre reserve in Florida. It has like 11 different water holes uh, and they just chill and have the best time. I'm like, this is literally the best thing ever. I, I'm so stoked for these guys. Good for them. Yes. Good for them. All right, Lyle, we're going to take a bit of a dark. Before you do, somebody oh. just
0: texted through uh uh-huh. They've said that. You need to move to Armadale has been minus three the last two mornings.
1: No, that's exactly why I don't need to move to Armadale. It
0: was only minor it was only nine degrees where you were this morning. I mean nine degrees, it's like yeah. and you're complaining about nine degrees. No,
1: it was colder yesterday morning. When I got in the car yesterday morning where, where I was at. No, it was like four. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, like I've heard from people like from the United States where it is exponentially colder than it gets here that because they have insulation there and better insulation, better clothes, better preparation, all these different things that it's easier to deal with the winter in those countries. It is. But this is my point is that it's not that Australians it's, have no idea how to heat like None it, whatsoever. this is, uh, we have no central heating, no insulation. Our ho- house is old and creaky and it's, Freezing. There is a solution. There is a
0: solution. The steel, the ceiling is the easiest part to insulate and then just put in a wood heater and you're all good.
1: Yeah. Well I live in the top floor and it's still cold. So we'll yeah, we'll 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 get that going, Lyle. We're yeah. actually, Dad's planning to put a fireplace in there. Ah, then you'll have all your problems solved. Uh huh. All right, Lyle, we quickly I read this morning that they're currently, you know, under FDA approval doing a test, uh, you know, what they call it. Uh, psychedelic-assisted therapy. Essentially, they're treating PTSD patients with MDMA therapy. Mm. So we know what MDMA is, the drug. <laughs> Ecstasy. I have
0: severe concerns
1: about this one. Well, according to these guys, 60 per- 67% of the group who received MDMA, um, compared to 32% of the group that didn't receive it, um, showed like way better steps in dealing with their chronic PTSD. In fact, there were many of them among the group who were completely cured. Okay, but he, you've got to you've got to
0: think about the long term effects of that because mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the long term effects of taking these kind of drugs, and you know, hey, this is this is this is science. I'll be interested to see where it goes. Uh, I do have a lot of questions. Uh, I've seen lots of people who have, you know, blown their minds on, uh-huh. on, uh, mm-hmm. on, you know, these kind of drugs. Yeah. So will the long term effect make it worthwhile or not? Now we do take some pretty heavy drugs for medicinal purposes. I get that, and there's a time and a place for that. You know, mm. uh, I have some serious questions on this one. Uh, let's see where the research goes. Anyway, yeah. this is. Oh, uh, let's
1: let's get the people's opinion. Give us a call. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you are, uh, yeah, weigh in. Uh, psychedelic therapy. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right.
0: Wow. Okay, so Richard Dawkins, uh, Richard Dawkins recently came out in an interview mm-hmm. with uh, radio host Brendan O'Connor in the UK and defending a statement that he made that it is uh, immoral to not kill uh, unborn children who have Down syndrome. Ooh. Pretty heavy statement, and that's where atheism leads you to. And so we're going to talk about abortion today as we do from time to time. And I know that this is a sensitive issue for many of our listeners who have uh, either had an abortion and feel bad about it or don't feel bad about it or whatever it might be. And just want to put it out there. The lifeline number is 131114 if uh, there is something here in this story that does trigger you. But that's a pretty heavy statement when you think about it. And, of course, then the radio host turned around and said, well, I have a Downs child. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of a difficult situation Oof. for Richard Dawkins to be in. But basically says there would be more happiness in the world if there were no Downs children. Now, I don't... I'm not a close friend of anyone who has a Downs child and I'm not a close friend of anyone who has Downs syndrome. But, you know, we've certainly seen and bump into Downs uh, uh, children from time to time and, mm. and people with Downs syndrome and uh, often they come across as being very happy. Mm. I, I wonder and I'm going to come back and talk about this in a moment, but I'm just doing a quick bit of research on it. 15% of uh, Downs kids in Sweden attend a regular school. Uh, In the United States, 40% of those of Downs children who attempt high school
1: graduate. Yeah,
0: wow. Uh, 20% of uh, adults who have Down syndrome in the United States have employment. Uh, the average lifespan has increased. In 1912, the average lifespan for somebody with Down's syndrome was just 12 years. Mm-hmm. Is now between 50 and 60 years. That's so a massive increase. Usually, the biggest problem with Down's syndrome is heart problems. Yes. All of the ev- all of the available evidence states that fulfillment that the level of fulfillment and happiness of Down's Children and their families is exactly the same as any normal family, mm. and so when you sort of you put all that together, and Richard Dawkins says the world would be a happier place, and it's immoral not to kill them when they're unborn. You know, that's that's a very very dangerous position to take, and and, and this is the really, you know, this is the challenge. What is the difference between the moment before they are born and the moment that they are after? That after, from a moral mm. perspective. Five minutes before they're born to five minutes after they're born, what is the difference? You know how can you how can you say that? Well, you know uh, they're still in the womb, so we can take their life, and this is a mercy killing. Let's 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 describe it as it is. And I know that you know parents with who have a baby that is diagnosed with Down syndrome in the womb. Uh, have really, really terrible decisions to make. And I get that and I understand that. And I want to be sensitive to that this morning. And I'm not, you know, casting aspersions on anyone or the decisions that they have made or anything otherwise. Mm. But I'm just asking the question, you know, when somebody comes along and says it is immoral not to kill somebody. Yeah. Well. And yet, yet all of the research says that that person is capable of a happy and fulfilling life, you know? That's where atheism goes. Uh, and this, uh, is, this is the extreme atheism, of course, of uh, Richard Dawkins. At um, the same
1: time, yes. Richard Dawkins is an outspoken promoter of the LGBT community. Yes. Like, so, how, how can he, like, because he's coming from a, a, a evolutionary, you know, humanistic perspective that, oh, it's better to get rid of these group of people. Yes. Because... Uh, they don't serve the agenda of you know evolution. passing on the genes in evolution. Yes. Yet you are an outspoken supporter of another group who f- who feel a very like in that who, who don't one pass on sense on their, who don't pass on their genetic the same material. Function. So uh, I like
0: I and this is from a perspective and from this is from the scientific perspective of evolution where the only you know from an evolutionary perspective the only moral a uh, thing that you can do is to pass on your genetic material mm. and it is immoral from an evolutionary perspective to place yourself in a position where you can't pass on your genetic material
1: yeah and further and he's making the point that it's then further immoral to pass on bad genetic material or to give that person an experience of life who doesn't stack up to the rest of us you know i i am i'm like I'm pretty sick of Richard Dawkins' takes on things. I think that he doesn't really have much to say that I'm I'm interested in, uh, and that's not because I want to you know, shut him out as a person I don't agree with him, but because he, yeah, he, it's, it's pretty nice. While we're
0: on the subject of abortion, uh, the um, Supreme Court is having a new look at the issue of abortion in the United States, and this mm-hmm. is the first major de- decision on abortion since we have had – a Supreme Court that is definitely leaning towards pro-life. Yes. So I guess it was really just a matter of time when the Supreme Court moved in this direction under Donald Trump. It was just a matter of time before some of these decisions would be brought before mm. the Supreme Court. I'm so, kind of surprised in some ways it's happened so fast. In other ways I'm thinking, well, you know, at the, way that the speed that courts moved, I'm kind of surprised that it's taken so long. Mm-hmm. The question at stake is, can states ban abortion before viability? So there are a whole bunch of states that have banned abortion after viability. There are a whole bunch of states that allow abortion through to birth, which we have just mentioned. Mm. Uh, But Mississippi recently passed a law, or back in 2018, they passed a law which bans abortions before viability in most cases. So obviously to preserve the life of the mother, Uh, or if the child is going to be severely deformed, they allow abortions in those cases. This was passed in 2018. The Jackson's Women's Health filed a lawsuit as soon as it was signed into law. In 2019, so December 2019, the US uh, Court of Appeals ruled against the law. Mm. So Mississippi passes this law, 2019, the US Court of Appeals, three-judge panel, rules against the law and the issue at state here really is states' rights. Now, that was the issue that caused the Civil War. A lot of people think that the Civil War was fought over the issue of slavery. It wasn't. It was fought over the issue of state rights. Um, And I think that, uh, yeah, we probably know that fairly well these days. Did you know that there are only seven countries in the world that allow abortion to birth? Just seven. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, you, the United States and Australia are in the same category as North Korea and China on that one. Uh, but there are 536 state based pro life laws that have been passed since Roe versus Wade uh, made it a constitutional right way back in the day. Um, and it will be interesting to see where the Supreme Court goes this time around.
1: You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Also, quickly before we go into the interview, shout out James Pontil, who, uh, yeah, we're talking about coldness. Yes, and he writes,
0: uh, Jesus. Loves you in the ice on his car every morning.
1: Yeah, so he sent me a video on Facebook temporary,
0: temporary evangelism because, of course, once the sun comes up, the evangelism <laughs> yeah, disappears, the but he cold. has that privilege.
1: But, yeah, he's like scraping frost off his car. Shout out Armadale for being so cold. Anyways, we've, we've come to our uh,
2: interview. interview.
0: of the day. And joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. John Ashton. Uh, Dr. John Ashton, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Lyle. Hello. Now, John, there was something that recently uh, came to my attention in an article that I was reading, and it pointed out that there are a lot more missing links for, or supposed missing links, so we always uh, talk with Dr John Ashton about issues of creation and evolution, Uh, but there are a lot more supposed links between, uh, you know, ancestors of, you know, missing links of ancestors of humans other than for chimpanzees and gorillas. So we don't have many of their family tree, but apparently we have a whole lot of the human family tree. Uh, What's going on here?
2: Yes, well, I saw the um, article that uh, you referred to, and it's quite fascinating. And I think one of the issues is that they find large numbers of fossils um, of, you know, creatures that are ape-like and um, also human-like. But a lot of times these fragments are not complete. They're, they're bits and pieces. And so using these bits and pieces, they've attempted to uh, work out the evolutionary tree of the uh, you know for for humans because this is very important uh, in the theory of evolution you know how did humans you know what's the ancestral uh, origin of of humans and of course um, you know a couple of years ago I saw one of the books that was put uh, put out from um, to teach children about evolution and it was called Grandmother Fish. And so here we have this whole scenario that, um, you know, over a long period of time, humans evolved. And so in order to complete this picture scientifically, they have to have a, uh, a scheme. And, of course, we know there's the general scheme of, you know, fish to amphibians to uh, reptiles to, to birds to, you know, mammals and, and so forth. Uh, down the chain. And when we get into ape-like uh, creatures, this is where it, um, they're trying to, to sort this out. And essentially, the article is saying that uh, human origin research is in a, a big mess because when they attempt to uh, draw up their evolutionary schemes, Um, and paint these pictures of how humans, you know, evolved and gradually developed different traits, you know, such as standing upright and, and, um, and developing the appropriate body parts for standing upright and using their hands and all this sort of thing. Um, it doesn't match the fossils that we find. Um, and the dating of the fossils that we find. In other words, the order and the layers in which they find these particular fossils. And so that's why they're saying, you know, it's it's a huge mess. And I think the important point takeaway point that I got from this uh, article, which was of course written by, you know, a highly qualified German um, uh, 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 paleontologist, was that um, the what what we're teaching people in our education system is now quite separate to what the scientific evidence is pulling up. And it's it's not keeping pace. Um, and And this is a very, very serious problem. And so we're continuing to, you know, draw these pictures in the textbooks of sort of apes just slowly changing into humans, slowly standing up. Uh, you know, most people have seen these gradual pictures where uh, an artist draws sort of an ape and gradually, he's sort of standing more and more upright and slowly changing into more and more human form till we have an upright man. Um, you know, bodybuilder type, footballer type, walking along. You know, and so um, what they're what they're essentially saying is we, you know, we we make we paint uh, these pictures, we tell these stories. But the fossil record isn't um, aligning with these stories. And the fossil record is... is
0: Oh, we suddenly lost John there. I'm not sure what happened. We'll try and get him back on the line again. Uh, Right in the middle of some really, really interesting uh, material. I was just hanging out for the next word there and uh, we missed out on it. But, you know, it is one of those things that, as John pointed out, it's a mess. And it's like, well, mm. how long will our educational system actually catch up to where science is at? Uh, so we're trying to get uh, John back on the line here. Hopefully his uh, battery hasn't gone flat. It looks like uh, the phone call has gone through.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff. <laughs> okay,
2: so right, so. They're, about
1: either they're plugging him back in, they're getting him back on.
2: Okay, John, are you back with us? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not sure what, what happened there. I was just talking and then realised that I didn't think you were there. My phone went sort of big.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, where were, where, where were we in the middle of talking about? Where were we up to? Let's uh, see if we can try and pick up from where we were.
2: Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I'm I'm not sure where we got up to, but I think the essentially the the paper describes quite clearly how the fossil record is not aligning with the stories of human evolution that are being told to, uh, students. And this is, this is a very, very serious, um, problem because these stories continue to be told to, uh, students in our education system. And it, it probably reflects that the education system isn't keeping up to date with the latest research. And one of the reasons, too, perhaps they're not so keen to do that is that the latest research from the fossil record with regard to human origins is showing a real confusion of uh, data. Uh, so the, you know, um, paleontologists are attempting to put together what this large um, number of uh, human uh, or hominoid uh, fossils uh, that we're finding, how can we put those together and and put them into an evolutionary model? And they're not just fitting a standard, straightforward evolutionary model. Now, what I mean by a hominid fossil is that these uh, uh, hominids include, according to the evolutionary theory, all the sort of uh, ancestral, uh, types that led to the development of modern humans and all the different types of modern humans. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very important paper and, and, I think draw people to the website evolutionnews.org, um, put up a quite a bit of really good information and critical information about, um, the inadequacies of the current theory of evolution to explain the origin of uh, life on Earth.
0: Dr John Ashton, one of the things that I sort of um, jumped out to me was I I guess two things that I see as being related to each other. One of them being that a lot of the Uh, fossil records that we have of apparent human ancestors, as you mentioned at the beginning, are relatively small. So there's a small piece of the fossil rather than a complete skeleton. You might have a skull cap or something like that. And from that uh, then an entire picture is, is drawn by scientists of what it might be. One of the other things that jumped out to me from the article was that there seemed to be, there was an implication that there was maybe how should i describe it an over enthusiasm when fossils are found to ascribe them to the human family tree rather than the chimpanzee or gorilla family tree because of you know humans are more famous we want to find more about we might that's want right, to find more yes, of the. yeah, right.
2: yeah. <laughs> yes most certainly um you would tend to get more cutest, attract more media attention uh Putting well, out finding- an article describing the origin of humans, rather than you know who's interested in the evolution of the origin of you know gorillas or chimpanzees sort of thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, and this was a question that I'd never sort of stopped to think about before because I think you know that we've, we've you know we've got all of these famous supposed ancestors like you know Lucy and so forth of human beings, but I couldn't mention the name of a single ancestor, uh, fossil ancestor of a chimpanzee or a
2: gorilla. Well, that's right, yes, yes. I think it's it's quite interesting perhaps to mention on this program a quote from the press release from the American Museum of Natural History. And so this has come out this year, just earlier this year, uh, where they commented on the review of this article. So it's it's quite a prestigious secular organisation in the United States there, and they write... Most human origin stories are not compatible with known fossils. The number of species in the human family tree has exploded, but so has the level of dispute concerning early human evolution. However, many of these fossils show a mosaic combinations of features that do not match expectations for ancient representatives of the modern ape and human lineages. As a consequence, there is no scientific consensus on the evolutionary role played by these fossil apes. Overall, the researchers found that most stories of human origins are not compatible with the fossils that we have today. Now that's a very you know, succinct statement that essentially says the fossil evidence for evolution of humans is lacking. Yes,
0: and 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 a very powerful statement coming the, out from that secular organisation.
2: That's right. The American Museum of Natural History, and it's current. We're not talking about something that was written a hundred years ago. We're some, talking about something that was written this year on a uh, review of the literature, a major review of the literature, that was published in a top journal this year. So this is the, the current situation. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's very damning. And the, the point is, though, that the students in the school, in the universities that are studying this, probably aren't going to be taught this currently in their lectures. And this is the... Um, you know, a, a major shortcoming. So, uh, and it's interesting too, if, if anybody of the listeners uh, want to look up the original review that was published, it was called Fossil Apes and Human Evolution, and it was published in Science on the 7th of May this year. So it's only a fortnight old. This is the latest research that you've got onto, and um, it's very damning of uh, the current theory of evolution that's being taught.
0: Okay, so this, is, this has been reviewed by a secular organisation in the United States. It's in Science, um, in, in, which is a major secular journal. Uh, the author of it, I'm assuming, I don't know anything about the author of it, but um, you, you, don't, uh, you don't get your material published in, in Science without being a significant scientist, and uh, I don't see this author as having a religious agenda in any, in any form.
2: No, no, um, that that would be right. Um, we, um, um, I'm not sure again where the um, we can look up um, the. Um, so, the essentially they the authors are from the American Museum of Natural History. Um, and, uh, from a Spanish university in Barcelona as well, some of the university, uh, the other, uh, researchers. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're from, um, the, um, a, uh, the University of Automo de Barcelona, uh, and also from the American Museum of Natural History in New York. Mm. Hmm.
0: Dr. John Ashton, thank you for sharing this uh, with us, uh, very current, up-to-date information. What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, throw a link up on our uh, Faith FM Facebook site so that uh, you can go and look at that review yourself.
2: Thanks for being a part of the Faith
0: FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.